Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spark My Muse. This is your host, Lisa DeLay. You're listening to Soul School Lesson 198, Wrath and Acedia. I'm continuing my series on afflicting thoughts, which are eight things that Evagrius Ponticus spoke of. He was a desert hermit and lived in the late 300s and the early 400s CE. And this is taken from my book, The Wild Land Within, Cultivating Wholeness Through Spiritual Practice. This chapter of the book is called Weather Fronts, and it refers to the internal feelings, desires, emotions, and thoughts that are unseen within us. We have to contend with these kinds of things each day, and our particular inner climate is really what predicts the kind of weather we experience in our inner world. Climate in the unseen world within is made up of the experiences, the geography, the education, and hundreds of hidden influencers and non-hidden influencers in our lives. For instance, if you have been traumatized in your life or abused, the climate in your internal world can produce fierce weather fronts of anger, of avarice, and other things. So we're going to talk about those things in more detail today, too. And I'm going to cover two of them, wrath or anger and acedia. Acedia is a trickier one. It didn't get taken into Pope Gregory's Seven Deadly Sins. It was replaced by sloth. Acedia is a very fascinating, afflicting thought that really shows prominence today in our world. This is from page 89 in my book. I should also say that if you want to get the book and read these for yourself, that would be preferred. You can get the book at tiny.cc forward slash wildland. That takes you to an Amazon order page. Or you can go to tinycc wild indie. I-N-D-I-E is capitalized wild indie. I hope you might pick up this book and learn about your weather fronts and the climates of your interior world. Here's something about wrath. The fiercest afflicting thought is a, quote, boiling, stirring up of wrath, says Evagrius. This repetitive thought can be related to a past offense, real or imagined. He warns that wrath can thoroughly irritate the soul and seize the mind. It can grow into paranoia with its ability to distract and harm. Wrath in Greek or gray is also called anger and it is a normal and common human emotion. We need not feel guilty about experiencing anger. It can arise automatically and reflect both normal and unhealthy places within us. We may notice an injustice like police brutality and feel enraged. We may feel slighted by the betrayal of a friend and experience anger. This initial emotional response is not sinful. The Apostle Paul cautions us, quote, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, in Ephesians 4.26. Paul does not say, do not feel angry. Rather, he urges action to contend with the occurrences of anger directly. Do not embrace it like a weapon. Do not add a log to its fire. As I grew up, plenty of influential Christian people told me that anger is a sin. But that's like saying getting hurt or upset is a sin. This is a terribly damaging teaching. Instantaneous feelings that arrive within us are not sin. 
They are part of how we react to, cope with, and comprehend our world. What we decide to do with emotions can either be negative or positive, sinful or blessed. As we learn to notice and reflect on our instantaneous reactions, we can learn to do right by what is happening. Because anger fires up so hot, however, it can indeed be dangerous. If it goes outward, it can become destructive. Or if we shove the fire down deep, it can act like a subterranean volcanic pressure. Lava can flow through the landscape from the active places of deep fire, or it can harden on the surface into mesas of numbness and insensitivity. It's important to look carefully to see if anger has developed terrain qualities of its own. Common qualities of unexamined and entrenched anger include bitterness, mistrust, self-hate, depression, hopelessness, cynicism, and even misplaced guilt. Go to those places, find the source, or dig past the hardened ground of anger to the deeper issues and core wounds. Let us also be aware that in our society, there are unspoken rules or social mores for different people when it comes to anger. Expressions of anger are tolerated and even admired in certain people and not others. When people outside the socially dominant group express anger, the emotion is usually viewed as negative or even as a character flaw. This can create additional collateral damage within us who are marginalized. It is possible to transfigure anger in healthy ways. No matter what gender we are or what color our skin, the problems associated with anger are best helped by perspective, space, and patience. Most importantly, always ask your anger questions. What hurts? What is threatened now? What is my fear? Defensiveness about your own anger is also anger. Continually be very curious about your anger or defensiveness because it has so much to tell you about your hidden world. If we find ourselves habitually irritated, angry, or annoyed, it's time to take inventory of our unresolved and unhealed pains and the disappointments that have made us afraid or caustic. Our emotions and behaviors are signals to alert us. Ask yourself, what has me feeling fiery, out of control, frustrated, or hurt? Evagrius warns that unheated anger turns into paranoia. Recent scientific studies back him up. Because the brain functions in pattern-finding, meaning-making ways, it predictively interprets meaning to save time and energy. Staying angry keeps us on red alert for threats and dangers, but it also makes it more likely that we will interpret our world incorrectly as being more dangerous and threatening than it is. This vigilance takes enormous amounts of personal energy, and it distracts us from being centered in God, who restores our souls. We find our best solace in God, not in our anger or vigilance. Higher amounts of stress hormones, cortisol and epinephrine, which are useful to get us to act in emergencies, over-release in the body when we stay angry. Wrath can come to us like a thunderstorm with gusty winds. A supercell in our inner worlds can spin off other storm cells quickly. It takes a lot of practice and awareness to rein in wrath if it's become common in your interior climate. Keep a careful eye out for it 
and do what you can to prepare for it and de-escalate it. When anger is mishandled, we can further distance ourselves from our pains and become dissociative within. I'll just speak to that for a moment and say that anger or wrath is a very common occurrence, especially in our society. It's been said that anger is what hurt looks like in public. I believe it was Krista Tippett that said that. And oftentimes if we sit with our anger, we will find that there is something lurking deeper, sadness, grief, or sorrow. Sometimes anger is just the top of the pimple, so to speak. Underneath, there's a lot more that needs attention. I personally have struggled with anger and having a, quote, bad temper, as my parents used to say, because they also had bad tempers and I learned from them. I was also frustrated a lot in my childhood, feeling very powerless and being surrounded by chaos. This anger turned inward and became depression and self-loathing. That happens to a lot of people who are afraid of their anger. They try to shut it down. Other people are explosive with it, and I was too. It was when I became less fearful to look inside and look closer at my anger did I realize there were really core wounds there that stirred it up a lot in my internal world. I'd love to hear from you about how you've encountered anger in your own life, why you think it's prevalent if it is, and what you've done to rein it in. On page 92, I cover the topic of acedia. This is the sixth of eight afflicting thoughts that Evagrius Ponticus discusses in his writings. I find acedia, otherwise known as despondency or listlessness, to be one of the most intriguing and prominent afflicting thoughts today. Remarkably, Evagrius noticed that this one reaches full potency between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. He claimed that it makes the day seem 50 hours long. In the desert, Acedia was commonly called the noonday demon because it attacked people at their weakest moment during the hottest time of the day when nothing amusing was happening. Acedia can accumulate into other troubles like sadness, dejected nostalgia, anxiety, and frustration, and then expand into sins of sloth or wrath. One day, an ascetic might start out with what we might call a case of the blahs during a boring stretch of the morning. But then things would fester into irritating restlessness. When everything seemed dull, prayer could become tiresome, and then boredom or exasperation would set in. An ascetic might grow agitated and feel powerless, too. Just an aside, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, an ascetic is a person living very simply without luxurious food or surroundings. We've all been there, maybe while waiting for an important occasion, or during a monotonous meeting or class in school, or while moving through an extended project after the shine has long worn off. We want to shrug off our situations and move on instead of toughing them out and remaining committed. In this case, we can better understand an afflicting thought by looking at its opposite. We can better understand acedia by going in the opposite direction for a moment, to worship. In worship, we are self-forgetting. Worship can often bring us toward heights of joy or relief. Why? Because for a time we stop a certain kind of thinking in which we are planted and functioning at the center of our own worlds. 
In contrast, our attention and adoration during worship move outward to our maker and sustainer. This sets things back in order. For me, when, quote, put in my right place, unquote, as it were, the focus of my attention is not on my desire. In substance, acedia is the opposite of self-forgetting and spiritual joy. Plenty of acedia is observable in ourselves and our peers, though we might never realize it as such. For some, acedia might be experienced as spiritual torpor, characterized by listlessness, ennui, fatigue, and a lack of interest in matters that we used to find satisfying. In Latin, the word acedia is the same word for negligence. Left unabated, acedia can make our outcomes negligent ones because we abandon our best efforts. In the weather system of acedia, we might experience low energy. We may sense our own aimlessness or feel our determination dwindling. This inner weather can make us question our decisions and commitments. We may grow discontented. Certain cultures can make this weather front of acedia worse. In the United States, for instance, there is much focus on individualism, finding our true calling and pursuing our desires and dreams. So we may think that our paths should be filled with excitement and satisfaction. Doing anything well, schooling, parenting, acquiring an athletic or musical skill, creating a useful product, writing a book, almost always takes time and effort. Sometimes working for something bigger than ourselves softens the weather of acedia. Yet, when building an organization, business, or ministry, we can go through years of restless feelings and discouragement and sense that we have little to show for our efforts. Acedia thought ruts will always contend for our attention. Whether it comes to us at noon or at another time of day or night, acedia is powerful and pernicious. When we attach to the afflicting thoughts of acedia, we are not able to live in the moments where our lives are taking place. Instead, we are removed to the past or another place. Like many, I've struggled with acedia, at first not knowing it had a name or specific characteristics. Learning that acedia is part of the normal weather of the inner world and that it is especially common when we are engaged in things that require care, time, and discipline was a relief. When these feelings and thoughts roll in now, I can see them for what they are and carry on. When this weather hits, I like to ask, am I doing anything to make this weather seem worse than it actually is? If I dwell on times other than what is at hand, and if my focus is sharply on keeping myself entertained, I know my acedia will be heightened and prolonged. Acedia fools us into thinking that fantasy or unreality is preferable to the present situation. But these delay tactics eventually make us more discontented. It also helps me to have encouragement from others in the same situations and to know that people have endured the same kind of acedia or even worse. Cultivating wholeness for the desert elders meant weathering the acedia and trusting that it would eventually pass as they allowed God to be their joy and strength. I see evidence of acedia in social media so often. A discontentedness, a listlessness, a low energy, maybe a despondency. Sometimes it has to do with a clinical depression. But maybe we don't realize that acedia is actually part of a normal internal weather front system. 
that blows in and out through each person at one time or another. It can be something we participate in that becomes worse when we do. When we give attention to acedia with over-concern, we become more self-absorbed and more discontented. Wrath and acedia are two very interesting and very powerful weather fronts within our internal world. This unseen world, which influences our decisions, our relationships, and our thought patterns. As you experience some of these afflicting thoughts, whether it's gluttony, acedia, wrath, lust, remember that these are normal human emotions, and there's nothing sinful about them. It is only when we give them attention, energy, and time that they become problematic and perhaps eventually sinful and debilitating. I encourage you to go to sparkmymuse.com to find the other afflicting thoughts that I've talked about so far. The next Soul School will have the final two afflicting thoughts. And make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse where you can find additional resources, some bizarre and amazing artwork that refers to the afflicting thoughts. And you can also contact me and support what I'm doing. To do this podcast, Spark My Muse, it takes listener financial support, and I appreciate anything you can give toward that. I wish you blessing and peace and perseverance in all your afflicting thoughts. <laughs>